Hello, hello, welcome to another episode of the Option Plus podcast. This is also a recording of my talk. This one is actually a little bit older talk. It's from 2020. And I talk about COVID a little bit, but uh, not uh, in a, any particular detail. So don't worry if you think and if you're fed up with this topic. Uh, it uh, I only mentioned it in um, relationship with uh, the main topic of this talk, which is uncertainty, volatility, optionality and freedom. The reason I'm telling you that it's from 2020 is that when I talk about the level uh, of the of the level of uncertainty you need to understand that it was from from 2020 and uh, the the uncertainty perhaps uh, went down at least a little bit uh, especially about this topic but i still think we live in a volatile and quite uncertain time period so i think this talk is very useful and it contains a few strategies and few ways uh, how to think about uh, these topics and how do they relate to each other so i hope you enjoy uh, this uh, uh, this talk and this podcast episode and uh, it uh, it is from a really good uh, um, event uh, conference called Hackers Congress Paralnipolis, which happens every year at the end of September, beginning of October in Paralnipolis in Prague. So I hope to see you there this year. Enjoy. So what a boring year, right? <laughs> um, um, and I'm saying that because... Um, when you are uh, in an environment of uncertainty, um, it's quite easy to make decisions. My decision was to focus on thinking about uncertainty and optionality. So I couldn't travel. I couldn't see my friends for most of the year. Uh, I spent a lot of time at home. And um, because of uncertainty, it was... Uh, quite boring. I'm not saying that the year was not eventful, but uh, um, my reaction was um, uh, was that I uh, basically uh, decided to uh, play it safe. And um, the reason uh, I, I would uh, like to explore how to, uh, how to make use of uncertainty and um, how to uh, how to think in this environment of uncertainty. So this is uh, the first part. Uh, so many people during the COVID crisis, they were um, uh, fortune telling from graphs and numbers uh, with the idea that um, when there is an environment of uncertainty, we would like to make some sense of some sense of it and uh, try to gather as much data and uh, see what's going on so for me for example in the case of covid but that's not the only uncertain thing uh, in this environment um, is that uh, for me the the number of cases uh, and number of deaths uh, uh, were not as much uh, interesting numbers uh, because uh, I think the more important question is what it is that we do not know. 
So uh, there's a lot of noise in the data and so on. But for for example, for me, uh, the answer, uh, the, the main question that I wanted uh, an answer to is, uh, what are the long-term consequences if you're getting infected? Is it uh, is it something that stays in your body for uh, for a long time? Uh, is it something that just goes away or it's just the flu? And this is something that the numbers will not tell you yet because uh, it's a pretty uh, young thing. So um, I'm not playing an expert on, on the internet. Uh, I don't have to be right about it. Uh, I, uh, what I just want to understand is the structure of uncertainty. So is it something that can hurt me? Is it something that can help me? And uh, um, uh, the, uh, the way to make this choice is quite simple, actually. Uh, the good heuristic that uh, I heard from Nassim Nicholas Taleb is uh, choose the option that you would regret the least in all circumstances. So you don't... Uh, you cannot predict the future. You don't know what the future holds, what is going to happen. Um, but given all the all the possibilities and given the uncertainty, what is uh, the uh, the least re uh, regrettable de decision? Uh, what is interesting, if you think like this, the more uncertain the environment, the easier the decision, and uh, it is because. Um, uh, the uncertainty goes in two ways, upside and downside. So, for example, Bitcoin has a, a very nice uncertainty. It can go down only to zero, but it can go up to uh, any arbitrary number. So this is the good, uh, 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 good type of uncertainty. So the decision that I would regret the least is buy Bitcoin as soon as possible because uh, when it's uh, on the moon, it's too, it's too late. Uh, if, uh, if the decision is about something that can hurt me long term, again, very easy decision. Uh, if there is a time uh, when to stay home and uh, meet physically a little bit less, uh, it's probably now and I can... I can deal with it, and uh, I'm sure that I will not regret it, even if it uh, if it uh, turns out that uh, it was not a problem at all. I'm creative. I'm, as uh, Pavel said, I wrote a, a book. I created a few courses. I'm working. I'm enjoying my life, um, but I'm not uh, risking. So uncertainty relates to risk. Uh, uh, and I think the risk uh, is the main difference between employees and entrepreneurs. So entrepreneurs have to work with risk, risk a little bit more, so they understand it a little bit better. Um, and uh, uh, we will also talk about um, uh, about volatility. Uh, so volatility also relates to risk and uncertainty um, in a in a nice way. So. Uh, first of all, uh, what is uh, the relationship between uncertainty and uh, uh, or volatility in this case uh, and the outcome? So uh, if uh, in the case of uh, higher um, uncertainty uh, or sorry, uh, higher volatility, if uh, if we are gaining, uh, we are in the anti-fragile domain. 
Uh, and if the stressor volatility and, and so on, uh, mistakes, randomness increases and we lose, uh, we are in a fragile situation. Uh, so uh, in an uncertain situation, we can think, okay, um, we don't know what is going to happen, but just in case when, when this volatility or these stressors increase, what is going to happen? Is it going to be good or bad? And if you find yourself uh, in the in the uh, green line, uh, you can you can risk, you can uh, make use of the uncertainty. And uh, if you're in the red line, then it's uh, good to avoid or find a way how to turn it um, uh, upside down. Uh, so there are many strategies uh, how to make use of volatility. Uh, one of them uh, is uh, called barbell strategy. I've been uh, um, in my in my uh, talk uh, in a few HCPPs uh, uh, ago. I was uh, uh, talking about the barbell strategy, so you can find it in Nassim Nicholas Taleb's books. Uh, but today I want to show you another strategy, which is called optionality. Uh, and uh, optionality uh, relates uh, in a way uh, to uh, options in financial markets. So that's uh, that's the inspiration. Uh, but uh, I apply it in everyday life. Uh, what is uh, interesting about optionality, first of all, what it is. Uh, option is something that I may, but I don't have to exercise. So, for example, um, uh, in, a, in a financial markets, a call option is uh, a, a possibility uh, uh, of uh, or an option to buy uh, a certain asset at a certain price uh at the time of expiration in case of european options so uh this is the main structure i may buy, but i don't have to exercise uh this option and uh, uh in order to do it uh, you should first acquire the option so it's not something that you can uh, do anytime and the relationship is because of volatility um so some work or investment in uh, in advance is required and uh, then exercising or using the option should be relatively uh, relatively cheap so um this um uh, so as i said a call option is a right to buy underlying at a certain price at the time of maturity put option is a right to sell uh, at a certain price at the time of maturity. And uh, the um, relationship between price of an option and volatility is mathematical. So of course, uh, options uh, on, uh, on the financial markets are um, actually uh, uh, based on supply and demand, uh, but uh, the relationship between price and something called um, uh, implied volatility is mathematical so when you see a price of an option of an asset you know its price and you know the the maturity the expiration you can actually see what the market thinks uh, the volatility is so a price of an option among other things uh, shows the expectation of the market uh, about volatility and basically the relationship is that the higher the volatility the higher the price of the option so uh, 
just to just to see it on the graph, and then I will probably uh, switch off the slides because you see it uh, in reverse. Uh, but this is um, uh, call option uh, premium for uh, different values of implied volatility. So, uh, so you can see uh, that, for example, uh, the red one, uh, the the second from the bottom, is volatility of twenty five percent. That's the volatility that the market uh, expects, and uh, on the horizontal line you can see uh, the strike prices. So, what is the price of uh, the call option, uh, or what is the price uh, at which I can buy the underlying? So, what is the strike price of the option? And um, on the y-axis, on the vertical axis, you can see the call option price in dollars. So. The more market expects volatility, uh, the higher the price of the option. Um, if the market gets it wrong, if the volatility increases, you can actually make money on the option, and we can see how you can do it also in normal uh, normal life. Um, so uh, let's switch here. So optionality uh, applied uh, into uh, in a in a life. Uh, not on financial markets. Um, a good uh, um, thing would be an option um, uh, to buy a respirator in January uh, uh, or an option to use a respirator. In January, uh, uh, this option would be very cheap. You would just go to a, a, a store where, where they sell uh, medical equipment. Uh, you say, okay, I want to buy 30 FFP3 respirators, you would pay whatever, five euros per respirator, you go home and you're happy. In May, not so much. Uh, so an option to use uh, the respirator because of the increased volatility, increased demand uh, was much more expensive. People were selling uh, a single respirator for 20 or uh, even more euros. Uh, it uh, kind of went to the black market because uh, certain states actually banned sale of respirators. So uh, an option to use it, uh, if you wanted to acquire this option by buying the physical respirator uh, in January, uh, you could sell it for four or five times the price in May. So this is uh, how optionality works and I will give a little bit more uh, examples. How does it relate with, with freedom and digital totality? So uh, um, what central authorities and states do, what they try to do is they try to stabilize the environment. When, uh, uh, when you ask uh, a statist about what is the role of the state is that they need to provide security justice, they need to enforce contracts, uh, they need to protect us from outside attacks and, and so on. All these roles of the state are uh, roles uh, to stabilize the environment. So that's uh, that's the goal of the state. So any anything volatile, any any big moves uh, uh, is something that people don't like. They're not used to it. And the state uh, uh, tries um, uh, uh, the state tries to kind of uh, calm people down by by stabilizing the environment. 
having an option uh, means that you don't want to bet on the state to make stability happen. Of course, there are many other sources of stability or, or instability uh, that I will talk about. Um, in decentralized, uh, free, uh, high optionality environment, uh, it thrives, learns, and improves because of anti-fragility uh, on volatility. So uh, actually up to a point, of course, but uh, the more volatility there is, uh, the better the discovery of the best solutions on decentralized markets, um, the more value um, of having options to choose from. Uh, so the more value from, uh, uh, from optionality uh, you get. So this is, I think, very interesting property, and it is mathematical. Again, it's not, uh, it's not just uh, 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 philosophical or something. It is mathematical from from how the options actually work. Um, of course, uh, increasing your freedom by acquiring options is not um, uh, 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 not so straightforward because you don't want to buy all options. You don't want to buy respirators and you know uh, antibiotics and spaceships and seven houses and uh, yacht and everything because you might need it in the future. So how to actually uh, be uh, capitally efficient and acquire the options that uh, you need? Um, so in order to make use of anti-fragility, uh, especially in, uh, in this hard to predict domain, uh, it is very difficult to uh, say, okay, there's going to be a pandemic, uh, tomorrow there might be a crisis, then there might be floods uh, or uh, whatever, uh, climate change, uh, disaster, uh, anything that can happen. So my suggestion is not to look at uh, what the events are, uh, but what are your actual needs? What is uh, valuable for you? So most people actually, when they when you look at the Maslow uh, pyramid, uh, most people need shelter, food, uh, and so on. Uh, but there are some personal things that you might need. So for example, for me, uh, uh, my living uh, is entirely dependent on electricity and internet. So I might increase my options in, uh, um, in having good electricity, uh, stable electricity supply, uh, and, uh, and good internet connection. So that's uh, an option I would invest to, uh, uh, invest in a farmer who's growing their own food uh, might, uh, uh, not need electricity and so on. So um, uh, for many people, the ability to generate wealth or income is important to them. So this is something that they might, uh, for example, invest their time in. About freedom, I think there are several types of freedom and I'm talking about optionality, but it's worth mentioning that it's not the only way to look at freedom, so I uh, um, I uh, perceive one of the definitions is freedom from that. That means I don't have anyone telling me what to do. So no boss, no state, no government, and so on. Doesn't mean that 
I'm going to do bad things. It just means that uh, I am free from uh, from coercion, from um, from commands from someone else. Uh, another type of option is freedom too. This is uh, positive, uh, positive freedom. And this kind of freedom, uh, it's not a positive right, uh, but it's basically productivity. So if I have all the time in the world, no one is commanding me, I can do whatever I want, what I'm going to do. So for me, for example, I had nothing to do. So I decided to uh, to write a book about uncertainty, which, which is first in Slovak. It's, uh, uh, it's uh, being produced uh, right now. Um, uh, printed and so on. Uh, there will also be an English version, hopefully quite soon. Uh, but this is freedom too. This is when you have empty space, uh, no comments, no, no one telling you what to do. What are you going to create? And I think that a lot of freedom people uh, uh, get too philosophical. They talk about non-aggression principles and how the um, how the uh, utopian uh, world that they imagine should work, and then they're said that um, that the utopian world uh, uh, is not here yet, and they live in a status dystopia. Uh, but I think a more productive and uh, much more fulfilling thing is using freedom too. An option is uh, collecting these things that you might but don't have to do. So increasing your optionality affects your freedom. Uh, it is not always uh, universally a good thing. So first I said that acquiring an option costs uh, capital or time. Uh, so these options are not free. You need to choose carefully which options you actually want. And it's not universal. It's not, a, you know, let's acquire a societal option for everyone. These, these are highly personal things. Um, there's also analysis paralysis. So if you have too many options, then you don't know which one to choose. Uh, so for a, a good trick for this, if you are ever paralyzed uh, by making a decision, is using uh, heuristics. Uh, but uh, uh, a good trick is to make the decision in advance. So for example, if you know that when you are tired, uh, you go to a restaurant and you order some junk food, um, because you are paralyzed by so many options. Uh, if you decide what you're getting before going to the restaurant, when you have uh, energy, it's a, it's a trick to kind of hijack this, um, this analysis paralysis. So let's talk about some options. Um, one of the really good options that we should all think about, uh, is Bitcoin. What is Bitcoin? Why, why I say it's an option? Uh, there are options on Bitcoin, but I'm uh, talking about uh, Bitcoin as an option. I think Bitcoin is a hedge or insurance against failing of the financial system. So um, the thing about options, again, uh, uh, when volatility increases, the price goes up. So when uh, so if Bitcoin is a hedge against the failure of the main financial system, uh, it is too late to buy insurance uh, when your roof is already on fire. You need to do it way before. So uh, if, if you perceive 
uh, Bitcoin the same as me, as a hedge against failing uh, financial system. Uh, hedge meaning insurance. Option is can also be thought of as insurance. Uh, you should buy it when when it's cheap. So the strategy, okay, when, uh, you know, there's a problem with uh, euro, I will then buy Bitcoin, but I don't need it right now. Um, no, you buy insurance when you don't need it uh, because uh, it's cheap when you don't need it and when people don't think that uh, you're actually going to need it. Uh, we are used to these just-in-time structures. So, you know, when you when you need to buy a new laptop, you uh, click on Amazon or you go to a store and you buy it and, and probably it was manufactured a few weeks before. Uh, all the parts were manufactured a few weeks before and uh, it's kind of completed and uh, it's basically... Uh, following the demand. So the supply is kind of just reacting on the, on the demand, which is very efficient, very optimal. Unless you are talking about options, because when you do this with, uh, with optionality, uh, you are, uh, you are overpaying. Uh, so, um, uh, so options take time to build. Uh, uh, you can also perceive your, your freedom of relationships, uh, your job uh, uh, as something that can increase in optionality. Uh, so, for example, a lot of us uh, didn't have an option to work from home and they were uh, quite suffering because they were not used to it. Uh, they were in jobs uh, where this uh, was maybe not even possible. Uh, so... Uh, so it is not that uh, that the option just magically appears. So it's the same thing with Bitcoin. Uh, uh, the underlying situation, so for example, the failing of the financial situ uh, system uh, might not happen. Uh, so we might even wish it does not happen. Uh, we don't uh, want our roof to actually burn down when we buy insurance. We just want to be covered in case this happens. So. Um, I think it might be uh, good to think about optionality also as insurance and um, and buying it in advance. Um, another thing that does really well in uh, volatility are parallel systems. So welcome to Parallelnipolis, <laughs> which is one example of parallel uh, society. Uh, there are many parallel solutions uh, in education. People suddenly during COVID times realized that they can use uh, a system which is better in this situation, which was remote learning, online courses, and so on. Uh, so people who are used to this uh, actually, um, actually uh, started using these things and uh, uh, way before COVID, so they were used to it and they, they were uh, not so surprised uh, and they even tried, uh, thrived. A lot of teachers uh, realized, uh, a lot of people who were doing, for example, courses, uh, realized that they don't need to do things like, okay, I'll do a course in Prague and then the next week in Bratislava and the next week in Berlin or something like that. They could just do one course online for everyone and it doesn't matter uh, where they are because they would not meet even if they were in the same city. So they realized, okay, this is an ad advantage um, of this new situation. 
So um, my question is, why were not people doing it before? Because they had some ideas about a workshop, you know, should be in person and, uh, you know, video conferencing is not there yet. Um, a lot of people actually switched and even a few companies, big companies switched to VR, which is another, another thing. So, um, many parallel solutions and, uh, because th there is no one parallel solution, but many parallel solutions, uh, when the situation changes in the, uh, in the environment of high volatility, you can just pick the parallel solution that is best for the current situation, uh, and so on. So if you are able to deal with volatility, for example, in Bitcoin, think about how you can use this skill uh, in other areas of your life. Okay. Uh, when Bitcoin is volatile, I do this. When, when it's cheap, I do this. When it's expensive, why not uh, think uh, the same way about work? So if I'm sick or tired, I don't work. Uh, if I'm creative, I work and it doesn't matter if it's Saturday or Tuesday or uh, 3 p.m. or 6 a.m. I can uh, I can choose based on the volatility of the environment, of my personal situation and so on. So a few more examples of options. Um, as I said, uh, remote work, ability to work uh, from home, it has to be acquired. It's too late uh, to... Uh, if you, if you're actually in a, in a job where you have a boss, uh, it is too late to go, uh, to your boss and, uh, tell him that, uh, from tomorrow you want to try working from home. It is something that I, as an entrepreneur, was working on and it took me some time, um, until I was able to do it. Um, I said that, uh, for example, my, uh, my, uh, Income depends on uh, electricity. So to increase my optionality, I bought a solar panel and a battery and everything. So I'm totally independent uh, on the uh, on the uh, general supply and distribution of electricity. It's not because uh, of the environment, although it's a nice side effect that I can break and signal my environmental friendliness. It's not because I don't like electricity companies. I'm indifferent. They're providing me electricity, so I'm quite happy. I'm using their services. It's not because it's cheaper, because it's not cheaper. Uh, economies of scale of nuclear power plant even outweighs uh, the distribution losses. Uh, it's because in a, in a situation with a market turmoil, so for example, if people plug in their subsidized electric cars to the network, it takes time to upgrade the network. Uh, um, and uh, in, in the case something happens to electricity, uh, supply or distribution or, or uh, making electricity, I can even make it and sell it. So it's an option that increases in value. So right now it's a very uh, expensive electricity. I like to use it because uh, I like uh, the feeling of producing my own electricity, but I also use uh, standard electricity from the distribution. But I have an option in case something happens to the to the electricity network to uh, to create my uh, to make my own electricity and just continue with my with my job with my work uh, and so on. So again, there is a cost. You need to acquire the means of production. The option is not free. 
uh, but you get additional freedom from future market prices. So in case the, someone creates uh, whatever energy tax because of carbon emissions or uh, or actually there's a shortage of electricity on the market, um, uh, I'm hedged against all these things. So let's tie this, this back uh, to uncertainty. Uh, uncertainty, um, uh, you can be uncertain in volatile, but also in a non-volatile environment. So there is something uh, that is called volatility of volatility. And it's about this fight uh, between, between the centralized uh, uh, attempts uh, to uh, to tame volatility, to stabilize everything. So the states try to, you know, get the COVID numbers down, make the stock prices uh, not volatile and go up, you know, prevent the crash, uh, whatever, save failing businesses and so on. Um, so they're trying to do this. Uh, uh, they're creating stability. But at some point, they reach this, uh, uh, this uh, point of no return when it just explodes and there is huge volatility. And they try to tame it again and try to, uh, try to bring it back down and stabilize the environment. Uh, so uh, these episodes of low volatility, of stab uh, stability, uh, are interchanged with high volatility, uh, where the, where the, efforts to stabilize broke down. And if you have a high volatility of volatility, which means that uh, there's a, um, uh, the volatility is going up and down all the time. So stable, volatile, stable, volatile, stable, volatile. If, if this is happening, uh, that, uh, uh, that usually predicts uh, uh, crises and uh, market turmoil. So this is a very, very interesting thing to think about. Um, so you can watch uh, uh, watch what is happening. Uh, if uh, the environment is stable, perfect, acquire options. They're cheap. Uh, you can think about what is important for you in your life. And when um, uh, when the uh, when the volatility uh, goes up, you can you can uh, you can use these options you can even sell them if uh, sometimes and so on so i would like to finish uh, with uh, um, uh, with uh, some positive message what to do uh, because the world is going to be more chaotic and volatile i personally believe that uh, if not uh, nothing happens but if it's the case uh, the central central tendencies to stabilize or conserve the environment will inevitably fail and uh, it is good to increase our freedom and options now, not when everyone else tries to cope with this situation. That's too late. Um, building optionality infrastructure is a great strategy for increased volatility. So, uh, so um, that's, uh, uh, that's something that we can do. And I have um, three, it's not very exhaustive, exhaustive uh, um, uh, ideas of what people can do, but uh, I have three things that I would like people to do. Uh, this t-shirt says Etitsky uh, Vexlak, which is the name of my course. Uh, uh, it's an ethical crypto dealer. Uh, I think it is very important for crypto people to always uh, be market makers. 
someone wants to buy Bitcoin, uh, sell, sell it to them all the time. If someone wants to sell it uh, to you, uh, always buy it. Uh, there are strategies on how to, uh, how to hedge the risk so you don't lose uh, money. Uh, and uh, I like to teach people how to become human ATM machines, Bitcoin ATM machines. The reason why I think this is important is because uh, the tendencies to stabilize financial system are uh, entering um, through these uh, uh, through these um, uh, regulations, AML5, FATFOGAFI, and many many other ways. Uh, chain analyses and these evil evil people who try to track uh, the the transactions. So I think it is very important that we uh, people are building uh, the infrastructure for getting into and out of parallel economy. So uh, so crypto dealers. Also, when you have this uh, opportunity, uh, become a decentralized market. So uh, you don't have to be super sophisticated. Um, Ask if someone will sell you meat or food from their farm, their their produce, um, uh, and become a parallel market uh, participant. So um, always buy and sell crypto, but also for crypto. So, for example, what I was doing uh, in uh, in March is that people wanted uh, to get some supplements to. Um, uh, to strengthen their immune system. So I'm an IT guy, but I knew how to get these supplements. There was a shortage. So I ordered a bunch of stuff, uh, zinc, glutathione, vitamin D, and, and all, all the, all the other stuff, uh, elderberry extracts and stuff like that. Um, and I became, uh, 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 dealer of uh, or uh, yeah dealer of uh, of supplements. I was doing it for my friends uh, for crypto, and uh, and I made a little bit of money on this because I found a way to do it uh, cheaply. Um, but this is uh, creating the parallel structure. This is not going to create itself. It's an option that we need to all work on if we want to make use of it. And the third thing is societal structures, so parallel police, clubs, um, uh, uh, any societies, any, you know, crypto communities, uh, farmers markets, uh, everything is more fun uh, uh, and more useful uh, if you do it uh, with like-minded people. Uh, so you can make use of division of labor. And uh, you collectively uh, can uh, make uh, use and thrive in this volatile environment much better. So uh, ethical crypto dealers building decentralized markets and societal structures. Um, I think this is, uh, this is it from me. If you are a regular listener of this podcast or if you found a value in this podcast, there is a really easy way to show your support and help us grow. Download any podcasting 2.0 app such as Fountain or Breeze. They work both on iOS and Android 
and then follow the Option Plus podcast and start listening. You can share your thoughts on this episode by sending a boost, that's like a payment with a message, and see what other listeners have to say or create clips of the best moments. Getting started is easy. You can top up your fountain or breeze wallet with a Bitcoin Lightning transaction or even a bank card. I hope this podcast brings value to you and it would be great if you can support this podcast by paying us this value. You probably spent some time listening to it, so you already demonstrated it is not worthless. So it would be nice to reward the podcaster, in this case me, with what this podcast is worth to you. The alternative for podcasters such as me is advertising and with podcasts that are created for the sake of advertising, you become the product and not the customer. I would personally like you to remain a customer, not a product, and I would like your support in allowing this podcast to continue in a sustainable way. Try it out. Thank you for listening.